I think we're all like that, really. I used to be very, very fearful of doing video. If you're going to do content, the main piece of content you do need to focus on is video. You can do, you know, photos, graphics, you name it. But if you really want to sort of like drive forward with content creation, everybody needs to take on the adoption of video. Now, I know that's a massive hurdle for most people. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. And for some very, very early morning, sorry about the delay, we're slightly late. We had some technical difficulties with the YouTube connection, so we had to fix that. <laughs> Diego. No, 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 this is actually true. Okay. Aside from the other factor, I was actually coding the Twitch stream on the website as we were waiting for the fix. So the YouTube got fixed like, 10 minutes ago, like five minutes before we had to go live. So I had to input that. But the other reason, yes. And the <laughs> other reason is for me being late. I'm sorry for if you're watching and you're a couple of minutes late. It's because, because I was in a previous, in another meeting and I couldn't abort the meeting either. It was a very important topic. But that's not what we're here to discuss today, Diego. We have a special guest because we talked about good morning, good evening, and actually good midnight because it's midnight almost midnight or actually midnight where he is right now so our guest for today is i actually met him through a mutual friend actually somebody who's already been on uh social convos and that is doreen and doreen while, sp while speaking to her she was like you have to meet james you have to meet james and i was like who who is this james and why is he so special and why is he all the way in spain and why is tenerife so far from spain and basically, we got to meet, meet each other. And in our first meeting, which was digital, of course, because I'd love to go to Tenerife, but currently that's, that's not an option for me. But in the first meeting, he already taught me something new. And I was like, okay, wow, this is cool. This is a cool tool. Then I found out that he actually is using Agile, the Agile method for social media, which is very interesting to me because uh, year about five years ago, I was also searching like, how can you implement Agile into social media? So this is somebody who I've only recently just met, but we had a really fun talk and uh, we connected. And it's somebody who is really uh, into social, who is actually also an international speaker. And without further ado, we'd like to introduce to you, Mr. James Stucker. James, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you Welcome very much. Welcome to Social Convo, James. And hey. yeah, as you are talking, just before we went live, James was giving me like some geography lessons on Tenerife and all the islands, like seven or eight islands, like right to the west of the Sahara. And you talk about Spain. So how does that even make sense, James? I know it doesn't at all, does it? I know most people I speak to, I know we had this conversation before, mainly for the British, really, because for Tenerife, if you don't know, it's a huge, or was, and the minute it's got struggles, obviously, for obvious reasons with COVID, but it's a huge holiday resort. And it's very, very popular for British, as well as people from Northern Europe. We don't get fantastic weather in the summertime. And of course, they come down to the Canaries, one of which is Tenerife or Gran Canaria, or one of the other many islands. And that, of course, there's a big plus there. And it's got sunshine all year round. 
we're, we're laughing <laughs> of the comments. First of all, Saf says, hey, y'all, hey, thanks for joining in again. Gregory, we're going to go into the What's Agile later, but he's also saying that's a very, very British accent. And he he's also saying, can you say bottle of water? <laughs> well, uh, bottle um, of water. Okay, Gregory. Hey, he did it for you. Now you have to send him some Ethereum, okay? So uh... it, it, it just depends. It just depends on what dialect of English or British English you actually want, whether you want it in London accent, a Manchester accent, which of course is where I'm originally from, uh, Manchester. If you're from Manchester, you just say water. If you if you if you if you're proper Brit, you know, if you're proper posh British, it's water. So speaking of the British, so assuming from your accent and mm -hmm. some of your background, you're all the way in kind of Spain now, but you're originally from the UK. So tell us a story, like how did you even end up to this like island in the middle of the Atlantic? Middle Atlantic. Well, again, as I as I mentioned before, it's a it's a huge it's a it's a huge holiday resort island. I, I came to Tenerife as you probably do, do when you're in your early twenties. I came on a lads' holiday, party mood. Came to Tenerife, went to the resort area is actually on the south side of the island. So it's a huge complex. It's really a massive, huge um, industry, and it's one of the biggest economies here for the island. So I came here, knew of it as being a bit of a party, a party island. You know, sunshine, beaches. Wait. Don't need to go into any more. <laughs> but. You say holiday, sunshine, island, but you kind of like operate from there now, right? Like now do, in a professional yeah. sense. So yeah, yeah. We, we were talking about this, the digital nomad movement and that yeah. a lot of these islands, you know, get attracted or are attracting a lot of individuals or freelancers or just people from big companies who are working remotely from these islands. And so what is it aside from the partying and, you know, being remote that attracts these nomads and that attracted you, I guess. Yeah, for working. Absolutely. I mean, of course, it's a lifestyle. Uh, so you, you choose it. You choose a lifestyle. You've got that sunshine, and you really do have sunshine all year round. Tenerife is actually named the island of eternal spring because it's got a spring-like temperature for twelve months of the year. We've literally had two weeks of bad weather, and that's it. It's finished with the the. The only way forward now we're in May is it's just going to get hotter because we're going to go into a summer season, then it cools down. So as part of that, yes, you've got the weather here, but you've got absolutely fantastic activities here as well. So it's actually quite amazing, like almost like a surfer's paradise. So you can just go surfing most places on the island uh, and other islands as well. So you're not just strictly restricted to Tenerife. All the other islands are in close proximity. So if you want, want to have a change, you can go on a ferry. I can go to Grand Canary within 40 minutes. I can go to the south side of the island and go to another another island, which is called Lagomera, again, in 40 minutes. Some of the other ones, like Fertiventura, which is a lot more nearer to um, the west coast of Africa. Again, you're only talking about a couple of hours to get to them. They also have um, flights to them as well, which, again, if you're going to take a flight, it's 20 minutes between going from one island to the next. So, A, you can island hop very, very easily. But you've just got all this huge amount of activities. Sea activities, like I say, with surfing, you can go hiking. You've got amazing food here. So also you've got, not strictly speaking, the Spanish food, because, of course, it is another story for you with, with, with the Canary Islands. It, it, the, the Canary people as well, so they actually take on board a different culture than what they do from mainland Spain. Of course, we also have a very close tie to South America as well. 
because of the trade routes that the Canaries used to use when I think Christopher Columbus came to the Canary Islands to basically spin him off towards the conquest of South America. So it's got a very, very strong link. We have a very large community with Venezuela as well. So we have that culture here as well. So it's a really nice mixture of culture, not only just from mainland Spain, but also from Latin America as well. And then on okay. top of that, the infrastructure here is amazing. We've got, you know, high-speed internet. <laughs> so if you're a digital nomad and you want a bit of fun and, you know, you want that lifestyle, you want that sunshine, you can work from a MacBook. We know now we've jumped into a different realm of having video technology in terms of things like what we're doing now, which is possible. And it makes the Canary Islands such an attractive place. Plus, geographically, from an economy point of view, we're next to Africa. We're only, say, three hours away from, say, Madrid or Barcelona. So we're primarily positioned for Europe. We're also primarily positioned because if I pop my head out of the balcony and look left, the only wall I'm looking across the water, the next piece of island, the next piece of, well, if you call it an island, <laughs> the, next, the next bit of country I come along to is either Florida or South America, or the Caribbean. <laughs> no, but, but Diego, I almost want to go into to, to some quick fire questions because there are so many questions I want to ask for people that are watching. <laughs> are there any vacancies in, in your company right now? <laughs> I get this. I get this all the time. When I did, well, you, you'll you'll know our good friend um, Doreen. So the, the last summit I did the social media content summit and of course we're, we're, we're doing one actually next month the amount of people said Where, where's this guy from he's from he sounds british but he's not in britain he's in tenerife again all the backstory with regards to the sunshine the lifestyle everybody said when have you got any positions in your company yeah i mean <laughs> it feels like it feels like such a good sales pitch like for anybody who has doesn't have any commitments right now it's like wait a minute wait a minute i can have sunday here on I can go to a place. So why is the, the internet connection? Is there a reason why the internet connection in Tenerife is so good? I could I could actually be wrong on this, but I, I seem to think I remember reading about it somewhere. But of course, you can't believe this sometimes. I, I remember watching the, the, the lay of cable networks for the internet. Yeah, I, I kind of thought to myself, oh, surely all this is operated by satellites. But actually, there's a physical piece of infrastructure that's basically done on the back of a ship on a, on a roller and they roll out a cable in the Atlantic Ocean to connect America with the rest of the world and Europe and so on. And I actually think, and I might be completely wrong on this, but I've got a, I've got a feeling that to lay that cable, they rerouted it between the Canary Islands, uh, the Canary Islands up to Europe. <laughs> and, 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 and because you're so close to the ocean, there's like nobody who can screw up the connection between where it comes land inwards and where you're actually stationed. So I guess that also plays a very important role. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of comments. There are a lot of Gregory's in the comments, so don't get confused with them. First, Gregory wants to tell you, this is your audio sounds amazing. It's the best audio I've heard from any guest so far. And he says it might have to do with your British accent, why it's even twice as good. Another Gregory wants to jump in and say, like, has ever anybody ever told you you sound like Ricky Garvez? God, that's that, that's that's completely new. Ricky Gervais is <laughs> he's he, he, here's the thing. He's a, he's not a Londoner, but he's from the south of England, and I'm from uh, Northern England. 
we shouldn't have the same accent. Okay. <laughs> well, and, thank and you very much because he's a hero. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of quick fire, and just to give you quick fire heads up, is just we're gonna ask you two questions, and then and then you can tell us which one uh, you like better. And 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 these are very simple questions, and basically to test how much you have integrated into Spain oh already. So so the first question is sangria or lager? Mm. Okay, lager definitely. Don't like sangria. Okay, paella or black pudding? Ooh, uh, black pudding. <laughs> <laughs> you've done, listen. You've done your homework. <laughs> No, I, I have to, as I mean, as a British, when, when I have a British guest, we don't have a lot of British guests. So these are always fun to see like what, what is, okay. So I'm going to make it a little bit easier for you now. Hiking or surfing? Oh, surfing. Yeah, okay. And the last one, and then Diego will, will take over. Piercings or, or tattoos? Tattoos. Yeah. Oh, I've got the wrong arm. Yeah. So Diego, do you, do you have a couple of quick fires as well? Yeah, sure. So you're in social media right now, but if, if you look at the different social media platforms, Twitter or TikTok? I'm, I'm, I'm too old now. It's got to be Twitter. <laughs> it's got to be. I can't. I've, yeah, tried, I've, I've tried TikTok. I don't know. I, I think it's for a younger generation now. All right. Leave it to them. The, <laughs> let, let's go back. I think you already hinted at this, but Microsoft or Apple? Gotta be Apple, hasn't it? You know, it's gotta be Apple. Microsoft. I mean, who is? I mean, is it still going Microsoft these days? It's strange, isn't it? Because at one time, I mean, at what time everybody used to use Windows, didn't they? Yeah. Windows XP. Yeah, in the nineties. And, and yeah, early in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, in the nineties, early two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just for your information, I, I still use Windows. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we have Jill in the comments saying Apple all the way. No, but I, yeah. I mean also. Like Diego, it's it's funny that you use Windows, but also I mean Explorer. I mean, we at a certain point in time we would like look how innovative an organization was based on whether or not they were still using Internet Explorer or not. Basically, uh, that was kind of a sign, knowing like, oh, okay, you're in that generation. It's also kind of similar, like knowing how old a company is. If they have a Yahoo address, we know like, oh, they've been around since. You know, it's <laughs> funny that. I, it was only actually a couple of days ago, literally only a couple of days ago, I was talking to, actually it was a client of mine, it's kind of a sort of sim similar age, give or take five, six years. And I remember telling him, um, seeing an internet browser for the first time back in, before it was like a kind of a commercial ex success. Yeah. And I was actually at Salford University back in 1993. We were still using predominantly, the operating system was DOS 6. I don't know if you remember DOS. DOS yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to use like DOS 6 as a kind of a base operating system. And a mate of mine gave me a nudge and he said, hey, James, have a look at this. And I was like, what, what am I looking at here? You know, it's this kind of graphical front end. It was still primitive, um, but it was a graphical front end with almost like a table of contents. But the table of contents were hyperlinked. And it was the first time I was looking at a web browser and it was Netscape. Yeah. I was just going to say Netscape. So, okay, for most people, so can you quickly, for those people who are not familiar with DOS, explain what DOS is? If I got this right, this is this, this is testing me. This is this is testing me. So DOS, right, it was a disk operating system developed by Microsoft. So it was basically what propelled Bill Gates to his fame and his, and his, and his fortune. And it was just, 
I don't know, it was just, it was just a what, what do you call it command line? Well, it was a command line operating yeah. system. Yeah. So it wasn't a GUI. Uh, it was literally, if I remember rightly, it was a black background screen, white uh, text, and literally when you booted up your machine, mainly being a PC. I think my first PC was a 386, an IBM 38. Well, they were all IBM emulators in a sense, weren't they? So it was a 386 machine dos 6.2 and um, powered up the machine and you just got a little flashing cursor yeah. and that was it it was like waiting yeah. for your command what what do you want me to do first time the first time i used windows it was windows 3. Point, do you remember this one windows 3.5 3. 3. oh 3. Point, was it 3.5 i don't know i i heard it i never used it. i started doing it was, 98. it was before windows it was definitely before windows xp and you had to so in order to run Windows, you have to boot up your machine so it went into DOS. The DOS give you the waiting flashing cursor. So then you'd have to type in run space win, and then it would start Windows. <laughs> All right, James, since, since, since we landed in the realm of you know programming and oh, the yeah. history of Microsoft, you have quite some history with the IT world as well before moving to social media, right? Having done software. So I guess why, did you do that and then make the jump to so social media or just uh, marketing in general all of a sudden? It's a long, long, it's a long, long story. In some respect, it's kind of probably easy to say I kind of fell in it. And once I fell into it, I absolutely enjoyed it. I probably, because actually, ultimately, when I, when I finished, when I was at university, I, was, I did a degree in software engineering. So my kind of sort of like career progression after university to get, to go into the, you know, real work, I was then a software engineer. So software engineer, you know, coder fell into uh, web development. So web development way before it was categorized, you know, like today, like you get web development and it's, you're either classified as a front end, a back end, a full stack that didn't really exist. Like I'm, I'm quite old now. So you were just you were just a web developer, but to sort of do yourself this this service, which sometimes I do do myself because I kind of just go, I was a you know as a web developer, but because I did those different roles, so a you had to be a front end developer, so you had to do the graphical design of it. Plus, she was a back end developer, so you had to do all the back end systems. I was already in that sort of creative state anyway, so I was already and, and I, if I'm honest with you, I was a better front end developer than what I was a back end. So I wouldn't tend to naturally lead to doing more front-end front -end stuff. And of course, that was kind of like very still primitive in terms of the sort of technologies that we were using, although they were state-of-the-art uh, at the time, especially what we kind of see and we're used to now. So I kind of did that for a good, uh, good few years. And I think I ended up working actually for a Canadian bank and a just natural progression was, hey, James, what do you want to do, you know, in terms of career progression? You know, do you, you don't want to be a coder all your life, do you? And I was like, well, I actually quite enjoy it. But th there's a side to coding as well that the one thing I didn't particularly enjoy was it felt as though you were a little bit more. This, this isn't probably now, more so what I'm talking about late 90s, I guess, early 2000s. I felt as though from a communication point of view, I was missing that human interaction. And I wasn't getting that from web development. You know, web development was like, James, list of code, sit down, code it, go on with it, out, out, output the 
It sounds very <laughs> isolated. And yeah, the, the products from it, you know. And I was like, people kind of like, so I don't know, something in me that I didn't really give myself justice. So it was like, James, you're a good talker, you're a good community, community you know, good gatherer, good team player, blah, blah, blah. You're going to be good at leading teams. So I actually naturally fell into then still working with coding teams, but fell into a project management role. So I kind of just left coding to one side completely, went into being a digital project manager, which is probably what we'll move into later on. But yeah, I went into digital project management and then obviously Agile became part of my project management life. And then eventually I ended up working for a company which was a, a digital marketing agency. So it was still predominantly producing products from a web development side of things, but because it was a marketing agency, I got that in-depth knowledge in terms of marketing. And, and, and of course, because we're advancing forward with, with these technologies, web, social media became prevalent in terms of everyday um, businesses. So I have kind of gone through a journey where IT was just something in the background. It wasn't sort of like at the forefront of a business or it wasn't seen to be that way. It certainly wasn't sexy. <laughs> Whereas like now it's kind of like, it's everything, you know, you, you, yeah. you, you can't run a business without a web. You can't run a business without social media, even though we're doing like now we're becoming more involved in terms of digital media, in terms of video, you know, just if, even if you just use video as a standalone point, that was unthinkable, say 10, even 10 years ago. You know, so like the things that we're doing now, you would never dream of doing 10, 10 years. I want to pause there for a second. Wasn't, yeah, yeah, the quality wasn't good enough either. So I guess. No, exactly. Yeah. I, I want to pause there for a second before we go further on the social media side. And I, I sense that based on your IT experience, then project management, and we already had this question before, what's agile? It's that's where we got the agile, learned agile and learn to apply it. And I think this is the, what you're using as a core differentiator in your social media strategy right now. So for the people who don't know, could you briefly explain what agile is and how did you like translate that into the social media when you ended up there in the end? Yeah. So agile, I mean, this is, this is going because there's two sides to agile in terms of what I'm going to explain here. So for cruise creative, which is mine and because of course there's a gator as well. So from we're a social media management agency. And so we use agile every single day within the agency there. But of course, agile has its roots in software development. So agile is a really big buzzword at the minute in terms of marketing. But of course, agile started off in this software development world, which is how I, how I picked it up. But I was applying it to, I was applying it to my everyday life being now in marketing that I didn't really know that it was out there. It was prevalent. So agile in, the, in a sense is when I started doing digital project management, we worked in what was called a waterfall method. So there's all these different types of methodologies. So when I first started doing projects for, you know, particular software products, we would, we would fall into what was called a waterfall model. So you, you have to start off certain point, which is a requirement before you can finish your requirement and move on to the next step. You've got to finish that requirement point 
and then move down onto uh, so you'd have a project definition then requirement then you do the development then you would do testing and then you would get feedback from the customer or then potentially roll out that product now there's a lot of issues um, involved in that mainly being that if you're using a waterfall model you're not getting continual feedback from the customer also your projects will be time boxed in terms of they're never they're going to run for quite some time you're never going to get that feedback from your customers so you're never going to have continual improvements you might not even be matching to what the customers customer requirements are and for a majority of waterfall projects you tend to go over budget with it as well so you always kind of once you've finally landed that project or that product it's not what the customer wants a you've overspent on it and so really it was getting kind of really a bad name and you're not delivering a product on time to budget agile works really different to that because what you're doing is you're releasing quick iterative developments if you're talking about software development we can apply this to any you can actually apply this to anything in life but how i picked it was from a software world so you're basically delivering products in small chunks in iterative workloads so you're not doing this delivery of products for say a six month spell you're delivering something that's tangible for two weeks four weeks you never go over that period so you're just quickly releasing products all the time and a you're not wasting that you're not wasting a lot of money like you would do with a, a waterfall method but you're also continually with the customer getting feedback all the time if something does go wrong guess what you've only wasted two or four weeks you've not wasted six months which could be very costly in terms of budget and also time um, on yourself so that's in a sense in a in a very very basic, basic nutshell is agile just allows you to work and release products fast i don't sometimes like the idea of when it says fast because fast sometimes also kind of brings in the the concept that you're not delivering quality as well <laughs> because you just there's some things like i'm going to deliver something as fast as possible so a your quality goes goes down but also it's a little bit unfair on the people that you're working with because you're trying to get it feels like you're trying to get the most out of them what well, you're not trying to do that you're trying to make your teams as efficient as possible that is less costly but you're also releasing products fast at the same time now that's in the software that's in the software development world but you can i believe that you can apply agile into everything in your life so we say we apply agile to marketing but you can apply agile to everything that you work on in in, in life to even planning i don't know planning uh, a wedding <laughs> you could you, you could you you could use you could use agile for so and again i kind of fell i kind of fell into that in kind of like a mistake i knew it was a good methodology to use because of that experience in software development so i took that and when i started to run with cruise creative being my own agency although that's not a, a development or a software house you know, it's a marketing agency. I had just adopted Agile and applied it to marketing techniques because you can do. Because I work with clients and clients want a given delivery of a of 
uh, of a product that I can use agile methodology to apply those techniques. Yeah, I think it works really well because in the end, your clients also have clients that are expecting like communication on a on a certain a certain <clears throat> set of time. So I think that the reason I found agile so interesting for social media is because with software development, of course, you can do agile as well. But often, especially if you have to build an application or a website, it's basically a one and done. You build a thing and yeah, there, there is a surface contract connected to it. But basically when the website is done, the website is done. Whereas social media, you kind of iterate whether it's a week, whether it's a month, it's kind of also, and we also adopted it for Ineffable because we wanted to build on a monthly level, a monthly basis. And when you're gonna build on a monthly basis, your clients are gonna wanna evaluate on a monthly basis as well. So you kind of automatically get into this kind of structure where it's like, okay, wait, there's actually a methodology to, to this. Let's read into what the methodology is. And I think it's that makes it really interesting to use it in, in, in social media. But what I also find interesting is like, how do you like how do you convince like companies that are like really old fashioned that are not looking at, at it in, in such a way? Do you in the end compromise and say like, okay, we're, we're going to do a waterfall technique for, for this project? Or you say like, we can find ways that we can actually adapt it to Agile. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good point. I had that kind of situation when, when I picked up digital project management. I was working for a Canadian bank in Manchester. And predominantly because of banks, as, as we know, they're heavily regulated. There's a lot of red tape. So the, their methodology was always around waterfall because with, with waterfall model in terms of what they were adopting, every single waterfall step below is kind of, before you get, before you can get to the next level down, it, you have to go through a sort of kind of a sign off gate. So you kind of, before the requirements can move into, I don't know, say like the development, You've got to have a sign off on the requirements before you can move on to the next step. So it was very sort of a very gated process. And of course, banks want that because of the way they're heavily regulated and the red tape that they like. And especially with the UK banks, I think the governing body was the FSA. And of course, the troubles that we had with the banking collapses for like 2008, they need that kind of in place. Now, of course, we know the problems with waterfall model because if you're looking at a particular product and it takes a long time to get that product to market, Agile is a much better way to release a product quickly. And once you've released it quickly, guess what you do? You just keep improving releasing cycles of that software or that marketing plan. Now, the one way the bank was very, very as well as others who adopt waterfall methodology are very reluctant at sort of, as anybody is, anybody kind of is in a sense reluctant to changes, especially with large corporations. You have to do a lot of, you know, convincing. The great thing with Agile is, is it's a good methodology that you can test out on smaller products. So the, 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 the buy-in is, is let's not make a massive, let's not make a huge change and go, across the departments and just say, let's swap out the waterfall methodology and replace it by agile, pick on a small tangible project and work on that. 
and, and kind of almost use that as a case study and a proof of concept that agile can can work and yeah of course you know you're going to get restrictions you know people are not going to not people are not going to be quite happy to accept it but agile in that respect it certainly worked for the for the bank it didn't happen overnight but at least minimal changes happened and they start started to adopt agile i think i spoke to somebody from that bank literally only about say six months ago i think probably around about if i can guess it's probably about three quarters of their projects are now agile so it was oh, a wow. slower so That's it was a cool. very very slow adoption but they did start off that way start just start small and use that as your test bed to apply agile we have a question which is because we want to jump to make the jump from the technical project management <laughs> side to the digital content creation and we have some guests who want to help us uh, do that. And then Gregory's question is, <laughs> could you give your opinion on the future <laughs> of memes? I believe that memes have become more sophisticated and a way to bring down the whole existing narrative through humor. <laughs> I think that's brilliant, actually. I, um, you know, I'm a massive fan, I'm a massive fan of it at the minute is Giphy. I absolutely uh, love Giphy. I've got into it in a really big um, way at the minute, creating my own and actually starting to create my own memes. So you can uh, answer actually any question that comes into your page. You can answer with a gift from from yourself. I'll be honest with you. That's that is I, I, that is my plan to do. That is my actual plan to do. I, I found it quite funny. It, it took me a second to realize when I shared the, the announcement on Instagram yesterday, uh, today. And when I woke up this morning, I, I saw you, you reshared it and I saw this yeah. GIF. Like, yeah, yeah. wait, how did this guy <laughs> yeah, make yeah. himself? It, it, it was really funny and actually quite, I, I was quite intrigued by it and how you, how, how easy it is to do. And so qu quickly on that, like, well, what's your thought process behind that? And how do you decide like what kind of GIF to go for? Like how humorous, how crazy do you go with it? Do you know what I, I don't? It's I, I absolutely uh, love it, and I'm trying to think to myself now how I kind of like stumbled across it because we all know like with our gifts, however you want to call them. Again, it, they're they're not. It's not a new thing. It's they're, they're, they're kind of a really old concept. You know, PNG files took over from gifts because of like the quality of graphics, but it seems to have like a resurgent for you know creating gifts again here's what here's here's the thing especially with what we work with at the minute in terms of social media people like people like you being authentic and i kind of thought to myself though how can how can we be a little bit different here and just sort of stand out a little bit from from the crowd not to use the sort of standard stock yeah stock gifts that are available but also to put your brand your voice <laughs> and have a little bit of like uh, fun with it. So I didn't actually realize, I knew that there was a, the Giphy platform, but what I didn't realize when I actually looked into it in a little bit more depth, that you could actually set up your own brand account, right? I never, I, I oh, never knew this. Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. Okay, so I never knew this. I've only just, I've only just found this out. So you can go to you can go to Giphy. You can set up. It's, it's actually super easy to set up. So you create yourself an account on Giphy. Once you set up yourself an account on Giphy, upload five gifts. So five gifts that you've made yourself. 
And then you basically register yourself as a brand account. Give it a couple of days. I'll normally come back to you because basically just checking that you, you know, you are who you are. You've uploaded only five gifts. This is it. Only five gifts. So upload five gifts. Nine times out of ten, you'll get approved. Once you've done that, and as long as you've tagged your content, so those five pieces of gifts, yeah, you normally have to put a hashtag against them. So choose out hashtag wisely. My hashtags are just as simple as Cruise Creative. Guess what happens then? Once you've been approved, you can go into your story, click on GIF, and it's there. This is really brilliant. This is really brilliant. <laughs> that that is that is that is good stuff. Yeah, you know, for for the marketing people yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely. Now here's the other thing for even it. the meme culture. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's the other best thing. This was unbelievable. I, I'll, honest to God, I only opened up this Giphy brand account just over a week ago. The reach on it or the views on those gifts are amazing. They're like, do you know the one you saw? I guess you know the one you saw on my story, which I think it was me just yeah, doing right. this. <laughs> It's got about, I only uploaded it about five days ago. It's got like something like 7,000 views on it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's better than 7, TikTok. You've, you've hacked TikTok, Jim. <laughs> 7,000 views. Now, the great thing about this, we can all have, we're, all having a, we're all having a laugh with this, but the actual link to these, yeah, actually, go, uh, it, it's dependent on what your call to action is. So the, the actual GIFs will refer back to... For example, for, for mine, it takes me to the website, takes us to the Cruise Creative website. So then we, we all have a laugh with this, but also what you can see in it is absolutely super powerful. So to go back to, I'm sorry, I forgot the, the name of the guy's question for the memes. There, there is definitely, a, there definitely is a future. For the people listening in, make some social confos gifs from this, <laughs> from this conference. Okay. So. So what we have to do now is, if you have ever, have you guys searched the GIFs on Suriname? Well, one of the most popular GIFs, aside from our former president, Daisy Bouters, who appears if you in, in WhatsApp and in Facebook, if you type in Suriname, there's one of the most popular GIFs in Suriname is actually a toad that has uh, lays egg in a very weird way and small toads come out of the back of the toad. Do you know that gift, Diego? No, I don't actually. I'm looking it up right Everybody now. Everybody that's watching, search the Suriname toad gift and never do it while eating or having an appetite or a craving to eat something because it's one of the most disgusting gifts out there and it's okay. one of the most famous gifts from Suriname. Just, just to put it in perspective. So we definitely need quality Surinamese gifts. So if you're watching this and you're like, I'm going to do that, I'm going to go to Givy, Got to make five gifts and get yourself a brand of the card and make sure to be gift. We would really appreciate that. I've got one actually, which I can, where is it now? There we <laughs> so, go. There you go. There's, there's a brand account. So you've got a brand account there for Cruise Creative. It's like literally only over a week old. So it's got 65,000 uh, GIF views. And they're just uh, transparent GIF backgrounds that I use in, in the stories. I think it's something for us to consider, Shanduk, to reach, uh, especially through DMs and instant messaging, because gifts get used a lot. Aside from, you know, instead of pushing people to social media accounts to follow this, follow that, 
hashtag use this gif as a comment but i just say i i just think there's there's there's, there's definitely something that you, we, we can get from that you are briefly touch on this on on the, the memes and meme culture what's your take or yeah i guess it's more on a human behavior side but from your experience why do people enjoy this funny disgusting humorous gifs well, why does it work because it, it's a mo- it's basically a picture it's even shorter than a video it's like a mo- moving picture for like one and a half to two seconds that sometimes even loops like to infinity i don't know what it, i don't know what it is at all it's like it's almost like it's a phenomenon isn't it really well why do you use it <laughs> Do you know what I actually, the reason why I use it, I mean, those I've just showed you there are not, I mean, they're, they're not memes, they're just part of GIF and they're just some fun way of adding our brand and our voice to stories, you know, rather than just using like the sort of stock. But in terms of memes, I like them personally because I don't think you saw this one actually, John Luke. It was actually our friend Doreen had mentioned something about Agile on LinkedIn and she's a super fan, right? Doreen of using post-it notes and I go mad at her and say to her well, what are you still using post-it notes for you know pieces of paper I know you can stick them on a board and so on I said, you're still using that how come you're not using like electronic digital boards like I don't know Jira or Trello or something like that I do use that I said but I do like my kind of like post-it notes so I was like man oh, you know it's so old old hat anyway she put a comment on LinkedIn now you'll know from LinkedIn from from a voice point of view, we're all meant to be kind of like super serious business conversation. But you'll notice that there is a little bit of an element that's creeping into LinkedIn that <laughs> people are starting to show like life at the weekend, starting to show like the cat, the dog, <laughs> family members, you know, he's starting, he's starting to creep in. But Doreen put a comment on there with regards to Agile. And you made a comment, John Luke, about you thought it was a stack of books, but it wasn't. It was a stack of post-it notes. I kind of looked at it and kind of thought, I've got to jump in there with a meme. I said, that deserves a meme, but it was a very personalized meme. And it was, are you are you fans of Back to the Future? So you you know the, yeah, the, uh, the doc? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I had a background of, of the doctor and I actually put a meme over the top of the, the, the you know, the, the, the right font and the meme over the top of it. and kind of said, where we're going, there's, there's no post-it notes. So I actually love creating my own. I actually, I like creating my own. <laughs> it's just something that I just think is, I just think he's super fun to actually do. I, I want to bring it together a bit. So we, we've talked about GIF, we talked about Agile. And another phenomena in communication that's on the rise is the use of emojis, but not just in communication, just in text in general, in descriptions. If you look at all these Discord servers, check on Twitter, people are starting to use a lot of emojis for a channel. And I know you use Notion as well to, to apply you know, your, your agile principles. And Notion is very, it, it encourages to use GIFs, uh, icons as well to, to, yeah. for your pages and notes. So, how do you use Notion, combine yeah. it with Agile, and yeah. combine it with this way of communicating in, in your daily or you know processes for work projects or just personal? I liked, do you know what the, the one great thing is? I loved it when you sent me an invite for this particular show. On the back of it was a Notion link. 
really massive fan of Notion. I love the simplicity of it in terms of the, the user interface. The simplicity of it's like, it's kind of gorgeous, really. It sounds really strange. It's gorgeous, but it's so, it's kind of like so simple. It's, yeah, um, I fell in love with it immediately when I got introduced to it. Yeah, when I saw it, I was just like, there was something about it. It's like, it's not, you know, graphic, you know, user interface wise, it's just such a nice um, interface. But at the same time, it's such a complex database system as well. There's so much you can do with it. We we, we certainly use on our day-to-day -day basis, our agile, uh, in terms of how we plan content is 100% in in Notion. I know you, you can use it for many other things, but the other great thing about it is, is the communication of it. Because we apply Agile to our Notion system, or however you want to call it, our Notion boards, we have a great way of communicating that and being transparent with all our clients. And because I said the, the sort of beauty of it and the simplicity of it, our clients are completely on board with it. At the start, I'm not too sure about it's popular. I'm guessing it is popular, but it's not as popular as, say, for Trello. We tried Trello out with clients, and they get completely confused by it, refuse to use it. I've never really particularly had a client who refuses to use Notion. You can put your own brand on it. You can put your own communication take on it. It's just super clean. It's just such a clean system and environment to uh, work with but at the same time you can put a touch of your own voice and brand on there and the great thing is is what you were saying there is it's like it, it technologies come around technologies or um trends come around in cycles so i'm a big i, I when i use notion i'm a big user of using emojis in it to convey emotion and emojis are so simple aren't they but they're so simple but everybody uses emojis through text messages to emails to any other messaging platform that you're using. Everybody uses that. It's kind of like commonplace. So why wouldn't you use that in systems like Notion? Fantastic system. I, I want to jump into this because basically Notion brings together Google Docs and Asana or Trello or any of those projects. Mm. Tools. And I want to... Uh, yeah, so Marlon mentioned something which we can plug in. I remember reading once that Suriname was in the top three for using emojis. It was it was reactions. So let, let me go in if I would like to see if GIFs and memes, if, if we are somewhere there as well. To, to, to talk about Marlon's mention of the emo, uh, emojis, it was actually reactions. The first year that Facebook went from the like button to those five different reactions, oh, yeah, yeah. or in the top 10 of the world, when it comes to actually using those. So not in total, but like on average compared to how many people were using Facebook at the time in our country, we kind of adapted very quickly. Because you have to imagine, like we are a very humorous country. So if somebody would fall into the gutter somewhere in Europe, then people would just give it a like because, oh, somebody would like, okay, we like that you actually mentioned this. Let's do something about it. But if some would fall into the gutter in Suriname, mm. there would be three people laughing, doing the haha reaction, and then there would be two people upset at the government, so they would be posting the bad emoji, and then there would be uh, two person doing the caring emoji because they care about the person that fell down and they need fixing. And so we would be all over the place and showing different ranges of 
emotions. So I think, yeah, there is some truth to that as well that we, and it was also very obvious that in the top 10, there were like seven Latin American countries with high emotional response to things. Yeah, we, we kind of, in Dutch, we call it leedvermaak. I don't know what the term is in English, Diego. Do you know that? It's, it's, it's meant to poke fun of the struggles or the pain of others. Well, in German, that's schadenfreude, isn't it? When you, yeah. is that similar to? It's a good question. Yeah, schadenfreude in German is what, I mean, English will use it as well, but it is a German word. Schadenfreude is, yeah, is when you poke yeah. for someone's misfortune. Yeah, because yeah. because we have a lot of misfortune. Yeah. But the only way to give it a positive spin is to make a joke or a meme yeah, joke, yeah, yeah. So that kind of happens a lot. But I have to ask now, because we talk about emojis, have you guys already made a yet domain? Do you guys have a yet domain? No, a yet domain. Did you say? Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, and it's you get the domain when yeah. actually you can buy one emoji, two emojis, three emojis, four or five emojis after each other, and that's kind of your domain. And then you can link it to your Twitter bio. And so actually, on my Twitter bio now, I have a yet domain. I took a really cheap one because doing three emojis is like a couple of hundred dollars, even a thousand dollars. And like yeah, five, yeah. the cheap 10, 10 euro or $10 version. And the, the less emojis you take. So if you take love yet, yeah, that's probably a couple of thousand dollars to, to get that. But it's something to look at if you're if you're not familiar. No, I'm definitely going to look at that. One thing I do use a lot of is, uh, I don't know if you guys use it, is Emojipedia. So if you're really struggling or you just want to sort of be, you know, extra creative in terms of the... I use it a lot for if you're doing copy for content posts. So you want to break it up a little bit and you want to add, uh, you know, a few random emojis there. So you can like, put words in if you know, you kind of like want a different emoji for star. So you type in the word star and it'll give you all the variations of stars that you can have. Or you might want to have, I don't know, toolbox. <laughs> type in toolbox and it gives you kind of like random um, icons for representations for that word. So yeah, I use Emojipedia quite a bit as well for that. That's that, that that's a that's a cool site to go to as well for emo for emoji recommendations or inspiration. Okay, but let's let's do a final question and more into the to the content. I mean, a lot of people want to create content. A lot of people have fears of not being able to do it. There's also a big difference between creating content for yourself as a personal brand or doing it as an agency for companies. For people that are interested, I want to start with creating content, but they are afraid because they have to get over the threshold. What what would be the advice that you want to give people that are interested in creating content, but are afraid to start? I think we're all like that, really. I used to be very, very fearful of doing video. It's quite, I don't know what you guys were like when you started to do um, lives, especially the adoption of doing lives for the first time. When you say like kind of, if you're going to do content, the main piece of content you do need to focus on is video. You can do, you know, photos, graphics, you name it. But if you really want to sort of like drive forward with content creation, everybody needs to take on the adoption of video. Now, I know that's a massive hurdle for most people. And like I said, it was kind of like a massive hurdle for myself as well. I don't know what it was. It was kind of like, it was almost like the fear factor, even though I'm talking to you guys now. I can see who you are, but there's still an element that I'm talking to a camera lens. 
you know, no one knows how kind of like how strange that feeling is, especially alone as if you're doing solo videos. If you're doing solo videos, it's that technique and practice that you need to do in front of a camera to produce video. And that's a really fearful um, thing. Sounds so easy to do. Everyone's got it. Everyone has a mobile phone. Just keep practicing and practicing every moment that you can you can take. Practice in front of, I mean, I've got my mobile now. Just practice content in terms of video. It's what, sorry? <laughs> Apply Agile to it. Apply Agile to it. <laughs> As I said, you've got to apply Agile to um, everything now. But the thing is, is once you record your first one, the first one, if I went back to the very first video I did, of course, it's not going to be as good as what I can probably, you know, do now. So you're always going to just accept that with time, you're going to improve, but you need to do it. You need to press that record button and continue that kind of process of sort of like the, the, the sort of video making process i don't know what you guys were like when you first did video but to me you're super great in front of a in front of a camera but was you was you great in front of a camera the first time you did it you should have a, you should have a look diego i i really think like especially the first the episode zero of social Convos. maybe look back at it that, that was interesting that was interesting i i, I was asking sean look okay so we're gonna start next week right all right, so we, we joined the session here and we're like, okay, so I'm asking him, so we're doing it live? Yeah, yeah, we're doing it live. Are you ready? All right, just just like that, we went live. Okay. I didn't have any fancy setup, nothing. I didn't give him a way out. Well, that's usually, that's, that's usually the best the best way of doing it. The, the, the thing is, is to, for, for people watching is, is take this opportunity now because, for example, COVID enabled us to push a lot further in terms of using and adapting to these technologies so now's a sort of like great time to use it and everyone's got cheap cheap availability to tools like we're using now Streamyard. we as an agency use Streamyard extensively ourselves as well with um, our clients as well the clients first ones when we get them on board we push that's our main push we do with clients is to get them on board with video but also live video. There's something very, very special about doing live video, especially kind of like what we're doing now. So we always get clients on board. Let's push you towards live video. It's super scary for them, but also at the same time, there's a lot of fun with it. You know, they come away, they're a little bit sweaty. <laughs> they're hot, they're nervous. There's an energy there. But once they've finished, it's like, wow, that was great. When do we do the next one? So the first one's always a little bit nerve-wracking, but once they've finished it, there's a buzz there. It's like, wow, did you see that person? That person made this comment. And in the head, they're kind of thinking, ah, I've made an engagement with an audience there. They've really enjoyed this show. They've made a comment. I made a comment to them verbally and they responded to it. Wow, I like this. This is this is really good. And in the head, they kind of go, right, okay, well, I did this wrong. I didn't do this quite right. Okay, well, we'll practice that you know, for the next one. So it's a continual, you know, improvement. The main thing is, is you just got to get out there and do it. Yes, it is. You know, I'm being honest here. Yes, it's going to be a little bit scary and a little bit nerve-wracking. We've, we've all done it. We're all in the same boat. But it gets easier with time. I think authenticity helps. I think people really like the authenticity of, of video. 
that you don't get to hide away. People get to see if you make a mistake, yeah. you make a mistake. Especially live. Because yeah. then, yeah, you see the errors and you get that instant feedback loop, like James was talking about, that you get with Agile as well, iterating it in the moment, actually. And yeah, and adding to that authenticity, people feel you and you as a creator, a video producer or, or client, get this intimate connection with your audience directly, getting that instant feedback. And I think that's that's a really great way to look at it, James. Thanks for uh, sharing that with us, kind of forcing people to go live, to, ju to just plunge into the depths and then go from there. And that's your buy-in basically. No, no, definitely. Because I mean, to sort of say like, you know, advice in terms of content creation, well, content creation on its own is a very wide piece. But if you want to take an element of content creation, my go-to, so like, yeah, if we ever, you know, get a client on board and they say, oh yeah, can you give us a content strategy? Yeah. So content strategy is like, well, it's a lot of things. Yeah. But one of the key things in that content strategy I always push towards is a live stream. And you should see the reaction sometimes when you say live stream, because they're super scared of it. <laughs> but they're scared of it. But at the same time, is that kind of, oh yeah, I like what he's saying there. This is going to be this connection with an audience. I'm going to get this engagement. Yeah, there's an authentic side to it. Yeah, it is a little bit scary, but also at the same time, there's a lot of fun to it. And I quite like this adrenaline. Awesome. We get, we got a few final comments here uh, from Seth. She's loving this tutorial. She's sold. So lovely, lovely session. And then she went to look for that dog gift you sent. <laughs> Shanuk and yeah, I, I'm not even going to pronounce that, but if you've searched for it, you know what stuff means probably. <laughs> <laughs> but that, with that being said, uh, James, it, it, this was a really, really fun conversation, really in-depth and it took a very, I guess, not traditional marketing spin. We, we talked about GIFs, we talked about emojis, talked about video strategies, really cool stuff. So to give you like uh, the final word now, what can people expect from you? How can people find you? How can people connect with you? If, if you want that at least in the next few months or so, what can people look forward to? Well, as myself and John Lowe, we can catch up with us on the social media summit, which is next month. So you'll be able to see both me and John Lowe. You're looking forward to that, aren't you, John? I'm scared, um, I'm really scared, but I'm <laughs> looking forward to it. And, on, and and actually on that note, if you do, we have got some exciting, I can't say too much of it at the minute because it's still under a little bit of development, but I have got some news, some big news on Agile marketing coming next month. So we are launching a platform, target is probably beginning of June, I'm looking at around about June the 1st. So we are launching a coaching training platform around agile marketing. So there's more news to come on that. If you want to keep up to date on that news, you can always visit me on www.cruisecreative.agency. We're also on, that's the best place to get news updates and also on Instagram as well. It's probably the best place as well, which is cruise at cruise.creative. But yeah, we've got some big news coming up. That's the big, big news. More, more, more agile stuff next month. Yeah, and for the people that don't know, there's already, I think, 
a white paper or an ebook that you can download if you want to know the basics of Agile. Yes. So uh, we'll make sure, like Diego said, to add the links to the description yeah. of this live. Yeah. And if you want to know more from a training point of view, like I said, there's going to be more news uh, next month. You'll be able to get that news off the website. Great. Uh, we'll add those, everything from James in the link. Follow him. Check out the big announcement coming next month. And yeah, as you guys know, this episode, uh, the audio version will be released on Saturday, coming Saturday on all the podcasting platforms. If you, you may have noticed some tweaks on the website, I saw some people actually entered their email in the newsletter. I, that was still in development. So that, that's Ooh, pretty cool. That's cool. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I think in the next week or two, uh, there's going to be an overhaul on that site. So we're hoping to get that doing that more seriously. Also at the bottom of the website, there's some ways to, you can support us. Check that out as well. Added some integrations there as well. So we're do, we're being agile. We're iterating week by week. And yeah, with that being said, Shanluk, uh, last word and then close it off. Yes. Thank you so much for being our guest, James. We had a really fun time. This was really a social conversation. So we're really happy to have you have had you as a guest on Social Confos. And as you guys know, we'll be back next week, Tuesday at 9 p.m. Surinamese time or wherever you are in the world. Thank you again for watching. This was Social Confos. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.